Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. <sighs> oh, man. It is good to be back. Mm. It's good to sit. Mm. Right? Long week. I don't know the old planes of Tamriel. Oh, um, I will take a... I'll take a dreg spit for me, please. Milady, Mark Hearth mead for me, please. Ooh, right up. Ooh, I like it. Going for my... What was it last week? Was it a mead or an ale? Stout. I went stout. from stout to mead last stout. week. Stout to mead. So, what are you? Where you been this past week, man? What? What's? Uh, what adventures have we got? Well, uh, actually, to be honest with you, I don't know if you saw the size of my pack that I just set down next to the table, but uh, it's full of lore books. I have been <laughs> busy for the Mages Guild. Uh, they've had me out uh, picking up artifacts and looking for lore books. So that's where I'm headed. Nice. Man, I have been hanging out with my good old psychotic buddies over at the old Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> ooh, 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 keep her down there, big guy. Keep her down. <laughs> Gets pretty crazy over there. <laughs> you know what's nice is I think we can uh, we can meet up at, at a tavern that's quiet because there's not many people in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You're gonna talk. You're gonna talk DB, bro. You gotta keep that stuff down. <laughs> that gets you killed. All right. <laughs> All right, patrons, welcome to the show. This is episode two of the Lore Seekers podcast, where Elder Scrolls Online is king. We're your hosts. I'm Jibs, and I'm joined by my good buddy from Southern Tamriel himself, Cash. I am here. I'm excited. It's been a long week. It's going to be nice to sit down and have a couple drinks with you and Mm-hmm. Shoot some tails. Oh, bro. Uh, first off, I think, you know, this that first episode, the welcome that we got from everybody in the community, um, Elder Scrolls Online themselves, this past week, I think, speak for Cash here, uh, thank you for the warm welcome all of you gave us when we uh, released the first episode last week. We've had multiple messages um, we have, thanks to you guys and the warm welcome you've given us, Cash, I don't even think you know this yet, we are currently in over 22 different countries across the globe. You guys are tuning in, and over 40,000 of you have learned about this show within the last week. And so for us, that's been insane. It's been incredible. It's just been awesome. It's so It's such a wonderful way to come back to podcasting. And uh, thank you. Absolutely much appreciated. Now, uh, I know we wish it was 40,000 downloads of the show, but (laughs) that'd be a little ambitious. Well, who doesn't? (laughs) (laughs) We think we are. Mark Maron? All right. Uh, So (laughs) Anyway, yeah, welcome everybody back to the show. Thank you so much for our warm welcome that we had last week. It was fantastic. Um, Cash, you know, it's we're back, dude. Uh, what what do you, what were you doing in this past week? A lot of Mages Guild? A lot of Mages Guild stuff. Uh, melting faces on my Sorcerer. Mm. Uh, really, really enjoying it. It's um, it's a great build. Builds. We're going to talk a little bit about builds today. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We got um, some fun stuff coming up. This, uh, this uh, week on the episode, episode two here, we've got a lot of news. 
a lot of news, which is fun. You know, it's good in the MMO space. We got a lot of news we're talking. Uh, we've got our first time ever we are doing ESO 101, where we're basically going to be explaining things about, explaining to you things you may not know about the game, especially if you're a new player. Maybe you're a returning player, and there's a lot of things that have been added that you don't get, you don't understand. That's what we're talking about with a brand new segment for you guys today. Also, if, uh, oh wait, we are doing lore. We can't forget that. Everyone has, I've gotten multiple comments. Excuse me, everyone loves the lore lesson. That's that's a big hit. So we're, we're coming back with that this week. Uh, and if we get time, we may see uh, Mr. Mail Carrier himself show up with some uh, some of your emails and uh, voicemails. So we got that looking forward to us. But Cash, uh, you ready? Absolutely. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. So uh, this event actually started right. I want to say right as the last episode ended. I don't. I don't really. I really don't remember when they dropped this. Anyway, the crime pays. It was a surprise. It was a surprise. It came out Total of nowhere. Surprise. I love this. Uh, crime pays during the Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood celebration event. Now this has been going on a little, a uh, little ways already. Um, for those of you who don't know what this is, uh, quote: Return to Hughes Bane and Gold Coast during our Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood celebration event to earn bonus rewards for sacraments, heists, world bosses, and more, end quote. This is going on through March 12th, and basically, guys, what this does is uh, you get double reward drops for defeating world bosses and delve bosses, double defiled whiskers drops from Maw... I don't even know how to say this. Maw of Lorca? Lorcage? I don't know. Bosses. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the Maw of Lorcage. <laughs> Waitress, round two. It's on him. Every time you jack up, every time you jack up pronunciation, we're ordering around, and it's on you. <laughs> it's on you. <laughs> Listen, and then they liked it. Uh, all right, so fine. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that bet. Uh, increased rewards for completing heists and sack. Hold on, you, you know more than anybody that I can't pronounce for crap on pretty much any difficult word that shows up in any of our shows, so that shouldn't be anything new. Um, double harvesting resources f- uh, from regular crafting nodes, and currently I think this is the big seller. If you are wanting to get involved in this, you guys can get this. You can get uh, the Dark Brotherhood and Thieves Guild DLCs for 500 crowns each. Each! That's pretty cheap. Dude, it usually costs 1600 just for one. Yeah, that's pretty cheap. Have you been doing any of this? Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, I've been doing some stuff on my warden. I took him over to Hughes Bane and started running around doing that, and uh, racked up quite a bounty. <laughs> that's when I moved over to my store. But nice. um, and it, I know a lot of people in the guild have been doing it too, right? Uh, which is a good thing. And seeing people all over there doing stuff. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's a fun it's event. Been, uh... I mean, it's a good way to get people back there. It really is, and you know. I feel like this is extra special uh, feeling because I, you know, we talked about last episode. I just came back to the game um, like a month ago, not even a month. Ago. Oh yeah, probably about a month ago at this point. And um, I just finished the Dark Brotherhood, so for me, it's like, oh right, more Dark Brotherhood, woo! So I loved it. Um, have you been doing any? Have you done any of the sacraments? 
Uh, the last sacraments I did with were with you. I think they were like a couple weeks ago. Oh, so okay. no, I have. I've only done the uh, thieves guild stuff with this particular event. Now, have you gotten any of the um, special motive styles from the, the bonus bonus rewards? Stuff, the stuff that I have already had. Yes, I've gotten a few, but they're just ones that I already had, so I just kind of banked them. Mm-hmm. Actually, motives are pretty popular right now on the um, on the uh, auction houses. Yeah, they are. Because, yeah, and it's because of the new uh, outfit system. Yes. They have effectively created a market for that with uh, the whole outfit system. It's almost like... it's almost It kind of reminds me of a a better transmog like market like Warcraft I mean you could you could sell anything you know if it was cool looking and make a insane amount of money on it whereas yeah you know here it's just the styles which that works you know people like cash so yeah oh so, yeah anyway uh so that's been going on also this uh this is kind of the big one because I know we talked about this briefly on the phone earlier about these uh these new mounts that come with this, but this just dropped today. Just dropped today, yeah. Uh, introducing the scale collar crown crate season and giveaway. Thank you. Sinister- <laughs> yes, I'm just happy uh, that they're finally changing crown crates. Yes, yes, me too. Me too. Uh, quote: Sinister new creatures await your command, master. Discover a host of monstrous new collectibles and items in the all-new Scale Collar Crown Crates. Man, that is a mouthful. Coming to the Crown Store on Thursday, March 15th. It goes on to say the dark secrets of Scale Collar Peak and Fang Layer have remained undisturbed for untold centuries, but now their gates have been opened and their grim denizens have burst forth upon the wider world of Tamriel. Do you have the strength of will to master these sinister creations and use them for your own purpose? Man, there is some legit-looking stuff yeah, absolutely. in these crates. So, I've been, you know, I, I am a admittedly a crown crate junkie. Uh, every time a new season comes out, except for the Flame Atronox, I was not super stoked on Flame Atronox stuff. I don't know why. I just, I did buy some. But right. I have been waiting for the new season to come out. And I figured it was going to be maybe a repeat of some other stuff they had. But, oh, no. All brand new, scale collar stuff. I'm super excited. And especially because of some of the pictures of the stuff that we've seen. It oh, my gosh. It is insane looking. Yes, yes. In fact, you know what? Let's go through this a little bit. Um, we'll describe these to you guys the best we can. And if you want to see this for yourself, we'll have this linked over at uh, the episode page at loresecretspodcast.com. But uh, let's start here at the mounts. Everyone loves mounts. Mm. Like I don't know, you know, I don't know anybody who doesn't. And uh, so the very now, mind you, there's going to be more than we what we list, and we'll have this link too. There's actually a forum thread over at uh, elderscrollsonline.com. Where you can see everything that's going to get that's going to come in these crates, but for the article they listed a few things, and so we're going to go over it. So the Frostbane horse, I like this man. It's kind of got like it's like almost like a shaggy looking horse that's covered in like leathers. Yes, he yeah, it's like a, he's he's got like a, he's got like some dreadlocks coming off of his mane, and yeah, um, 
Yeah, it looks like it's like worn leathers that he has on him, and it, his, like his eyes are almost, they look like they're completely covered up. Yeah. So. It, I love that it's saddle. Awesome it's like, looking. almost look like yep. uh, spider webbing. That's pretty. Yeah, it's kind of, looks very Altmer, like maybe ancient Altmerish. Mm-hmm. Ancient Elven. Agreed. Now, really cool. I can't ever get into these mounts, bless those who can, but the camels. <laughs> um, Frostbane camel. That just looks like a, a shaggy camel with with yeah, a knapsack. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I do, you know, as for as as much as I agree with you on that point, because I cannot see riding around in one of these around Tamriel. I think it would be it would just destroy someone's crotch riding around <laughs> on a camel. But um, yeah. he does look pretty cool. And you know what? I, what I like about him, he's got like a little braided beard. He's, yeah, he's two tone, that. two tone mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like black on top and then white on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's yeah, it's still a camel. So it's, I don't know if it comes in a crown crate. Awesome. I mean, you I can't say him. you can't really say no to a mount. Like I saw, it was today. I was first time um, doing dolmens, a dolmen group. I'd never done it before. I was doing that today for the first time, and this dude had the flame matronach camel and it looked you know it's cool you can't really say like oh man i got a flame atronach mount even though it's you know may not be what you're wanting but they're still cool oh yeah they're all nice looking mounts all of them and i think we're like where the camels come in people who play red guard those are usually the ones that i see like when you want to play something that's lore centric for your character Mm -hmm. and you know say you rp and you play a red guard well the camels really are the ones that that come from the alakir desert right so right yeah, I, t- I totally get it, and that's where I could see, you know, in the colder regions of Alakir, if there are any. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, see, I, it's uh, kind of snowy. <laughs> <laughs> Just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. Man, I tell you what, Alakir is uh, so far my absolute favorite zone. I don't know if it's because it reminds me of Tatooine from Star Wars, but, oh, it's so good. I was... That was very lore-breaking. It was. I'm sorry. but That's it, a bad jibs. I know, but it's got sandstorm. Okay, all right, yeah. It reminds me of Swotor's tattooing. Let me kind of accept. So the next one is a bear. <laughs> Frostbane bear. That's not bad looking, yeah. you know? He's, he, he's kind he's of deep. like the horse. He's bad. Yeah, he's got the... Like, in a good way, bad. Yeah, he's got the... Uh, definitely looks like a polar bear with... With almost like again a braided beard, and he's got some black leathers and a uh, this. It's the same mount, the uh, the same the uh, not chest piece. Oh, I can't think of it. Saddle, same looking saddle on all of them. It almost has like a like metal webbing. Looks pretty cool. I'll give it to him. I like it. I'm definitely in on this um, one. I like the bears. I dig this pet. I think more than the camel and the bear. Uh, the flame back boar pet. That thing just looks pure evil, man. It's got. It's it's all like almost like black with the shades of gray and white, and it's got these vibrant red pieces of fur, a red mohawk, and glowing red eyes. He's like a punk rock pig. Yeah, <laughs> he just got done at Warp Tour. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, now I happen to be a fan of hogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I may or may not um, enjoy hunting in. IRL, mm-hmm. and I have, I have three of these on my wall. Mm-hmm. This one actually looks a little bit more, a little more like sleek, a little more like a javelina, but or maybe you know like a baby feral pig. But 
Pretty cool looking. Red eyes. Yeah. Pretty decent looking tusks. Yeah. Yep. It looks pretty rad. I dig that. it. And yep. yeah, yeah, it would. That and the um Oh, we talked about last week that monkey. Uh, the monkey pet on the jester's uh, event coming up. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, mementos. We've got the bone. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, I'm skipping ahead here. we got to talk about the mounts of this pack. The mounts. The best mounts ever. <laughs> the super rare mounts. Oh, man. The ones that JB completely nerded out in a... In a scroll message that he sent me today. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I did. Absolutely, I did. All right, so I, I forget the uh, the in-game name for, for these kind of mounts. It's Apex. Not um, What's the... Uh, I forget. The yeah, Apex. Apex. Okay, yeah, Apex Rewards. I thought there was another word on mm-hmm. there. Yeah, Apex Rewards. Um, the Dragonfire Wolf. I'm going to let you describe this. So he is a shaggy-looking wolf with some braids coming off of his neck. He's mm-hmm. got, like, a three- or four-tiered, like, leash system um, that connects to almost like a, like a red tapestry, a tattered red tapestry that's over his back. And then on top of that sits a flaming saddle. Mm-hmm. And he's also adorned with some, um, like, a spiky-looking headpiece that goes sits in between his ears. And he has flaming eyes. I... Th- I... Okay, I'm going to stand by this. I think this is literally one of the coolest mounts I've ever seen in an MMO. Like, this is... It's awesome. It's so rad, man. This is so, so rad-looking. I dig it 100%. Uh, then this next one is just as good. The Shadow Rider Senshi? Senshi, yeah. It's like a Senshi Panther. And it's kind of the same thing. Only he, he's kind of adorned with the same type of things, the same kind of saddle. He's got the uh, the red ta- the tattered red tapestries over him. And he has like a, like a red mist coming off of him mm-hmm. instead of flames. It's like a, just like a crimson red mist. Mm-hmm. Coming off of uh, you know certain details and stuff of his mount or of his um, harnesses. Do you feel like he has He's more of a Oriental awesome. vibe to him? Mm, you don't no. see that? I see that. I feel like maybe Jade. Like it almost reminds me of Jade Empire, kind of the color. Oh, I can, Yeah. Okay, I can kind of see that. Now that you said that. And then uh, the last one. Whew, this looks good too. Uh, Galvanic Storm yeah. Steed, dude. <laughs> yeah, let me let me just say this: if you are if you use a lightning staff, oh my gosh, right, right, <laughs> this mount you're gonna want it because he's got the same lightning that you smack onto the ground to melt faces. He's got it coming out of his eyes. Mm-hmm. He's got it coming out of his chest. It looks like it. He's got it down on his leg, so it looks like it's just surging electricity through his whole body and um, he still has the same tattered look as the other mounts do but he's got lightning coming out of his eyes and instead of like the red or fire hue it's kind of a bluish hue to him Mm -hmm. but this mount is number one on my list on the I want that list (laughs) I'll take two please (laughs) he is bad dude agreed 
Agreed. Uh, so we already talked about the pets, mementos. Uh, oh wait, no, we didn't do mementos yet, did we? Uh, Bone Dragon Summon. It's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Basically, you summon the Bone Dragon, does an animation, and he goes away. It's pretty rad looking. He's big. Yeah, he is. Pretty- At least it looks like in the picture that thing is massive behind yeah. the character, and it looks like the character, in order to summon it, has to hold up um, a um, dragon priest mask. And then, boom, this thing comes up out of this green mist. It's pretty cool looking. Like, if you're a collector, oh, you're going you're gonna to definitely want this. I would like to meet those people, because I'm so accustomed to dealing with those people from World of Warcraft when I was playing. And then coming over to ESO, like, I, I know there's people who are collectors of, obviously, lore books. But I've never met a person in the game yet that's, you know, all about getting all the items. They want to collect them all. Like, that's their life goal. They're working the auction house to get whatever they can kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, some of the stuff, if you're if you're buying it on the on the crown store, mm. it's not that cheap. Mm-mm. You know, Mm-mm. you you got to... Yeah, sometimes you got to kind of pick and choose or wait until these things go on sale. You really <laughs> wait do. Wait until crown crate or wait until yeah. uh, crowns go on sale because yeah. that's when you stock up. I think I talked about last week about my crown fetish. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the 50,000 crowns you bought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I have to wait just because there's so, there's so many things you want. you got to wait till it goes on sale. Um, so anyway, we've got that. Then we've got the mask. Now this... I like this. It's, this mask is pretty cool looking. The Tusked Dragon Priest Mask. I feel like this is... And I don't know. How, how would you say this? Like it's just a metal mask? Um, kind of like a... Uh, a uh, I would... Say it's probably dragon bones. Yeah, dragon bones mask from the dragon priest. Yeah, it's it almost puts off a vibe of. Actually, I think this headpiece is one of the first ones where I, I honestly think it looks better on non-human races. So like the Khajiit on the left side, you can tell it's a Khajiit, a Khajiit mask. That looks so much cooler than. Just a regular human mask, in my opinion. It, it it does. It's definitely different. I would venture to guess that the one that, that they're showing on the left is for the Argonian, and then the one on the right is for the Khajiit because it's got the little the ear hole. The little, oh, um, yeah, you're right. You're the right. little ear pieces. And for the for the kitty ears, this one needs a place to put his ears. And do, <laughs> do, do, I guess to better describe these, they're pretty much metal... Almost kind of reminds me of Cthulhu-esque feel to him, like f- vibe, like particularly the human with the whole like I don't know Davy Jones thing, uh, tentacle-looking I don't know spikes coming off his chin. So yep. there's that. If you're into masks, you're gonna want it. You're gonna want all of it. Spend all your money. Bethesda will love you a long time. Um, all right, so there is that, and we got some furnishings. Uh, the Perry. The Periite banner and tapestry. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, you're going to want this. Um, it's basically huge flags with dragons on them. And then you get the Periite statue. That statue is huge. Yep. It's awesome. You want it, don't you? You're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, do. I don't think huge. that'll. I don't think that'll look good in my uh, my Bosmeri home. But what do you mean? You come out of the tree stump and you see a massive dragon statue. <laughs> There's no room there. <laughs> I got too many dang trees. No, but this one would look perfect in one of the manors, one of the large manors with like um, 
as you walk up the staircase mm-hmm. in the entryway, there's nothing quite there. Right. This statue would be perfect right in front of one of those large manor homes. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, actually, think actually the uh, I think I was previewing one the other day. I think it was Glen Umbra's estate. That would look perfect there. Um, so here's the cool thing about all this. For those of you who are wanting to get your hands on some of these crates, and I love the fact they're doing this, you can actually earn up to three free scale collar crown crates. And here's what you do. So basically every day from March 9th, to 9th through the 11th, so if you're listening on release day on Friday, March 9th of this episode, all you got to do is play ESO. That's it. And defeat any enemy creature. They're pretty much giving these away. All you literally have to do is log in, go kill a mud crab, and you're good. Uh, any enemy creature, monster, bosses, or even enemy NPCs. Each day the event begins at 12 a.m. GMT, which for us in the States, that's like... Well, if it's, if, if it's Eastern Time, it's 7 p.m. The previous... Okay, so previous right. that, day. That's when, that's when it starts. Okay. Yeah. And then it goes until, uh, or the event during the day ends until 11.59 p.m. GMT as well. Um, you'll be rewarded with a new crate for every day you participate, up to a max of three. And uh, you'll receive all your earned crates in the Crown Crates menu on Tuesday, March 13th. This is awesome. because I And you can tell me, because I know you've been subbed longer than I have. Have they done this before, where you get the yeah. opportunity? They have? Okay. Yeah, th- yeah they've done this uh, a f- quite a few times before, and it's it's simple. I mean, it, they just want to get people logging into the game. It's super easy. Log into the game, you go out there, kill a mob, and then you're good to go. But it's only up to three, which, which is good. I mean, three's pretty cool. It'll give you a taste of what the crown crates are about. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I love the crown crates. I live for the extra card when the Kajiti guy throws you an extra card. Oh, right. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, and it's so you're you're almost always getting something decent. And even mm-hmm. when you're not, um, like if you if it's a repeat item or something, it turns into gems that you can use uh, to pick up, like the Apex Legendary, Epic Superior, Fine, and Common rewards. Right. That's that's what you use those for. So you basically, if you have something that, that repeats, it just breaks it down into those gems that you could use. Um, but I, I kind of like it. There's a lot of hatred out there for crown crates. Trust me, I get it. Because people do not have a very good relationship with RN Jesus. I've been super lucky. <laughs> I've just been lucky to pick up some cool stuff. So so I am a fan of them. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of pick and choose. I probably buy, you know, maybe I'll buy five a month or something like that every once in a while I'll buy the 15 right yeah and and go from there yeah and I agree and you know the whole crown crates and just in general you you just say the word crate in gaming right now and you're instantly irritated (laughs) yeah but uh, a lot of people get that way you know I think for the most part they do uh, they do a (laughs) you have a Khajiit crawling on you there (laughs) yeah several times she's like this one wants to sit on your lap, and I will not stop until you get pissed off. <laughs> I'll throw her across the tavern. That's so, a bad um, kitty. So anyway, long story short, I love the fact of doing this. You can get yourself some free crates. So there's that. And then the last piece of news, and this one was just uh, just announced, and it's actually it's actually going on right now. 
you're tuning in on release day on March on March 9th. This is going on from March 9th uh, or March 7th, excuse me, through uh, March 19th. It's called Get Creative with the Elder Scrolls Online Daedric Dress Up Contest. Quote, have you been busy creating your own custom look with ESO's a new outfit system? Yes. Do you have an eye for detail and design? Yes, you have, actually. Nope. Dress <laughs> said every man ever. Uh, they depend on their wife. Uh, dress to impress your favorite Daedric Prince and win some amazing prizes. Long story short, what they want you to do is... Create a Daedric Prince-inspired outfit. And there's three categories, solo, duo, or group. So you can be in a group with a bunch of friends, and they're all doing it. Or you can be, you have a duo, uh, or just by yourself. And you win some pretty awesome stuff. Do you see these rewards? Yeah, yeah that's... That, now, granted, they're not going to give a whole bunch of these out, but to the folks who are out there that actually win these... That's some significant stuff. Yeah. So, like, first place, uh, the winner of first place will get... Actually, let's go over this first. There's three different categories that you can enter your screenshots for this. And you're entering the screenshots directly on the website. And they have a little form and everything you fill out right on the website. And then you just upload your photos. So, there's three Mm -hmm. categories. Solo, duo, and grouped. So I'm going to try and convince JB to do a duo entry, but he still won't marry me with our Rings of Mara, so um, I'm going to continue to work on that. Dude, I've got, I've got the hots for this dark elf chick over in Morrowind. Turns out she works for the Morag Tong. She's, uh, she is, that girl is on fire. Are you talking about Vega? She is on fire. Oh, no. Okay, I know you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking That's about That's fine. That's fine, but let's not forget that I... A man proposed to you first. <laughs> so if you just want to keep acting like that, I feel like I feel like my dude walking around in a wedding dress is putting off the wrong vibes. Yeah, he, he okay. So literally, we are in a tavern somewhere <laughs> yeah, right now in Tamriel, right <laughs> and he is not a very good-looking Argonian <laughs> with a wedding dress on. <laughs> You're a big tease is what you are. Oh, my gosh. This and tra- it has nothing to do with the fact that I like beards or Argonians. It has everything to do with getting more XP when we play. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So I can't that. afford another Ring of Mara. I've only got 175 crowns to my name. I gave this away the last will, one. This one will pay for the jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, let's get, if you let's get back on track. All right. Back Jeez. on track. Back on track. Y'all, All need, right, so y'all need Stendar. Run <laughs> Let's get back. Okay, so anyway, there's three categories. Winning solo, entries. duo, and grouped. And uh, the three winning entries per category with one runner-up per category. This is what the first place winner gets for each category. One in-game unfurnished home of choice. Yes, please. Expensive. Uh, yeah. One in-game mount of choice. That's awesome. Yes, please. One crown store motive of choice. That's like me going out for lobster. I would pick the most expensive one for sure. <laughs> um, one outfit station, which those are those aren't cheap for your house. Mm. Um, four additional outfit slots, those are not cheap. Um, Ten outfit change tokens, and that's not even it. Twenty one thousand crowns to spend in the crown store. 
That is a legit first place prize. Yeah, and they're giving away three. One for each category. That's right. Or three and, winning uh, entries per category. Three winning entries per category. And then uh, runner-ups will get one in-game pet of choice, two additional outfit slots, mm -hmm. five outfit change tokens, and 5,500 crowns to spend in the ESO crown store. So nothing to shake a stick at. That's right, man. 5,500 crowns is 5,500 crowns. Right. That's pretty legit, man. I'm, I'm kind of stoked on that. It really is. So if you're wanting to get into the whole... I think we need to do a duo. A duo outfit entry. I think that that's going to have to happen. I think we should walk outside after we're done addressing our patrons, and we should just snap the photo as is. And send it in. <laughs> in your terrible freaking wedding dress. <laughs> what what Daedric Prince does this represent? Who's the guy we talked about last week with the with the dog? Um, not Malachi. Clavicus? Clavicus. Vile. Clavicus Vile. Oh, yeah. I would say if we were to do it, based on the clown suits we're wearing, we should probably try and represent Shiagorath, the crazy dude. Deal. <laughs> Consider it done. <laughs> this is our entry, what we're wearing right now. <laughs> yeah, so I think another thing, another point that they had too was that you don't have to try and like dress up like a Daedric Prince. You just have to explain which Daedric Prince you're representing and like what inspired you, what inspired your outfit based on that Daedric Prince. There you go. So, there you go. Cool, uh, little content. This is a really, really cool comp uh, competition. I feel like the news today for the most part is events. In-game events going on. I love it. They're, like, blasting stuff out lately. Yeah, it's been crazy. And especially for, you know, an MMO, which, you know, we're thankful as a new show come in, having news. But, you know, four years into a game and they're blasting out all this news. This is fantastic. Yep. Uh, and then last on the docket, I know you put this on here, so something went down on the live stream, correct? Yeah, it was actually really cool. The uh, ESO Live was on Friday, March 2nd. And the entire premise behind it was watching the game director, Rich Lambert, absolutely destroy a veteran Maelstrom Arena live on Twitch. Mm -hmm. And I think he I think he died like 11 times or something like that. And But he ha he's had over 600 runs in Vet Maelstrom. Oh my God. So he knew, and if you guys have never played Maelstrom Arena, it's extremely challenging on normal. Mm. And to go into it, I mean, you have to have a build that is directly for it. Mm -hmm. um, there's just a lot that goes into it, but the rewards for Vet Maelstrom are pretty incredible. You can get some of the some of the best gear in the game. And um, watching him play it was pretty impressive to me as like a way noob Maelstrom guy. Um, it's just impressive to where he knows where things are going to spawn. He starts dropping his AOE before these things are even spawning. And I'm just going, oh my, it's a game of memorization. It truly is. So it was pretty impressive to, to watch him play. There was a lot of commentary going on. Um, and then for every round that he, that he beat without dying, they would give prizes away. So it was pretty cool. It was a kind of a neat little event. It was awesome. Man, yep. well done team. You guys are knocking down the park with events lately. But, uh, oh, hey, Cash, look, look behind you. Look who just walked in. No way. <laughs> Freaking Mike the Liar just walked in. Oh, crap, dude. Why did I pick the table right in the front of this tavern? <laughs> Here he comes. What's up, buddy? Mike, what do you got for us, man? Blaze us with your wisdom today. 
It does not matter to Maik how strong or smart one is. It only matters what one can do. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. I'll take it, Mike. All right, man. I, be I believe in I believe in you. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike's given us some wisdom. I think it's time we impart some to you guys. And it is time for the very first ESO 101 here on the show. Now, to kind of explain this a little bit uh, to you, basically we take a part of the game and we break it down to kind of help you understand it. And there's a lot of things in this game that you may have missed in the tutorials or maybe you just felt like it wasn't really explained well to you. Well, we're, we are here to elaborate. And today is kind of, we're starting broad with, uh, with, this, uh, with this segment because today Cash has thrown together a really, really good segment that we're calling ESO 101, How to Set Your Character Up for Success. An ESO. That's right. What we wanted to do is just, we wanted to help you in the beginning stages of the game, or, or maybe you already have a character, you're not happy with them, so you decided to create another character. Uh, this was an area that I got stuck in when I was new at the game, and mm -hmm. really being able to set your character up for success, there are some pretty specific things that you can do. So we went and we, we looked at some uh, at some resources, and um, there's really a lot of great guides out there on YouTube. And um, actually, Elder Scrolls Online, their, their own website, the main website themselves, they have a really good beginner's guide. But we put together some of the top things that you can do um, to get your character really rolling down the right track. Mm -hmm. So... Um, there's a few things we're, that we're going to throw out. You know, some of them may be kind of random, but they're, they're just really good tips. So we're going to start off with just some general knowledge about the classes. It's important to know in ESO that any class can fit any role. It doesn't matter if you roll a Nightblade, if you roll a Templar. It doesn't matter what you roll. Everything is doable. You can be a tank. You can be a healer. You can produce DPS. Yeah. Go ahead. You were going to say something? No, yeah, absolutely. I was going to. I was just going to say, then that's one thing I love about ESO. And I remember when they, you know, first launched the game, they talked about, you know, you can do anything. You can be anything. And I love that freedom. I love the fact that, you know, you can totally choose any class you want. And now I'm sure there's going to be people out there, especially people who do guides, that say, you know, this this class is best for DPS or this class is best for you know healing or what have you, but I love it. I love the fact we have options. Right, and that, that kind of lends to, to the next point. Um, if you look at a lot of the builds out there, a lot of the builds we have, you got to keep in mind that some of the, the builds from some of the more expert players are going to point you in certain directions with your build because they, they're min-maxing everything. Right. And it's, they're getting the absolute maximum out of their character that they can. So they're going to send you down a specific path. You don't have to follow that path, but if you're really looking to maximize your character at endgame or even as you're leveling them, then a lot of times, yeah, you, you, you should follow that. It's what's going to be most optimal for your character. But you do not have to. If you want to be a, a magic-wielding, uh, you know, Bow, you know, bow slinging healer with a staff. You can do that. Um, you can be a full utility character. Right. Just know that at end game, 
it might not be... You might have to switch some things around a little bit. But for leveling, just play what you want to play. Um, don't hesitate to play the character that you want to play. Um, so that being said, one very important point is that racial choices... I don't want to get all racial, but racial choices <laughs> uh, could be very, very important for your build because they can give you key bonuses. Mm -hmm. So... That's it's really a big part that I want to focus on here. So, for instance, if you play an Altmer, or also known as a High Elf, mm -hmm. they are you're going to get destructive spell damage, you're going to get increases to Magicka recovery, you're going to get a higher base Magicka and higher XP gain if you roll a High Elf. Right. If you go Dark Elf, you're going to get bonuses to stamina, Magicka, dual wielding, fire magic, fire resistance, lava resistance. Elemental damage resistance like shock, flame, and frost. Um, if you're a Bosmer, if you're a Bosmer and you want to play in, or you want to play an archer, you get huge bonuses to archery, mm -hmm. stamina, stamina recovery, which you're going to need for archery, mm -hmm. um, stealth, reduced fall damage, and disease resistance. So all these are like very, very lore centric to the to the environments that these races come from. Mm -hmm. Argonians. Argonians get a ton, and they're very powerful characters. Um, big bonuses to healing, bonuses to healing received, bonuses to restoration staves, poison resistance, swimming speed, which still makes me laugh, potion use, <laughs> health, and magicka. So right there, their bonuses to healing make them outstanding healers. Any incoming healing, and then like potion use... If you use a potion and you're you're low on one of your resources, I'm not kidding you. It fills like 75 to 80 percent of your bar That's based on awesome. what potions you're using. So if you're a big uh, a big potion dropper, Argonian is outstanding for that if you time them right. Uh, so Bretons, Bretons give you big bonuses to Magicka, Magicka recovery, use of light armor, um, alliance point gains, and spell resistance. Mm -hmm. The Nords give you uh, big bonuses to two-handed weapon use. Duration of effects from drinks, reduce their, your incoming damage, a higher base health, higher health regeneration, frost resistance, and stamina. Big burly dudes who really like to drink. Yeah, and that has nothing to do with beards. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, orcs. Big bonuses to heavy armor use, health, health regeneration, healing received, stamina, uh, melee attack power, inspiration gain for when you're uh, when you're crafting and sprinting. You know, I've um, always loved orcs. Like I've always wanted to make one, but I tried to make one the other day, dude. And I think it's come to a point where like I appreciate the orc, the the racial bonuses that they put out. But dude, I cannot make a good looking orc for the life of me. It looks like they got ran over, and just the jumbled up facial expressions you get is what's is what is left over that face. Is it because of the underbite? <laughs> that is... You're totally racialist. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Speaking of racist, uh, Imperials. Imperials have uh, increased gold drop, which, you know, honestly, I never knew that. I was like, oh, I got the Imperial race when I bought the uh, collector's edition of the game at launch, and I never even knew. I'm like... I should have just had my mule character be a be an imperial, so you get increased gold drop. <laughs> um, shield uh, shield bonuses and then bonuses to health and stamina. Mm -hmm. Red guards, who are very very popular race for stamina based characters, big bonuses to shields, 
Bonuses to stamina and stamina regen, both in mm -hmm. and out of combat, which mm -hmm. is huge. That means that you know once you get done with a fight, you pretty much just boom right back into the fight, right. uh, into another pulling another mob. So they, you can level quick, mm -hmm. and then food duration effects you get bonuses on for Red Guard, and then oh the Kajiti from oh, elsewhere, yeah. uh, big bonuses to pickpocketing, of mm -hmm. course they're kitty cats, um, stealth bonuses to stealth, bonuses to stamina recovery, weapon damage. Um, a lot of people who play who want to play that stealthy character. Mm -hmm. play um Khajiit. Yeah. So and it's totally cool cuz and again if you're an old if you're an old school Elder Scrolls fan like it, it all f still follows that that pre like path. Like it's the same bonuses. Like if you go back to Oblivion, this, it's still going to make sense coming right. to Elder Scrolls online. It's still going to have that same feel. Another really big important point. As you level, don't waste money on your gear. That's right. Don't go buy a bunch of gear because nope. money's going to kind of be hard to come by right at, right at first. Really, if you don't have um, a mount, you're going to want to save some money for a mount right off the bat. So keep that money as much as you can and don't waste it on gears you're leveling. You're going to out-level the gear super quickly. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing things like questing, you know, grinding, say you're doing dolmens, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. You will get plenty of gear throughout the leveling process that is appropriate for your level. Yeah. So, speaking of dolmens, I don't know if you ever if you ever look in chat. I I get this see this question all the time, and I usually try and whisper the person and let them know what they are because I didn't know what a dolmen was either when I first started playing the game. What the heck is that thing? So a dolmen is the anchor that you see dropping throughout the world. I think we talked about it on the last episode mm -hmm. where, you know, you're sitting there crafting, doing your crafting, you hear that big monstrous, thunderous noise going on. You're like, what is that noise? Well, that is Molag Ball dropping these anchors into the world. And it's usually like in these big circular areas where he drops the anchors down, tries to pull Nern into oblivion, but he's also dropping down like these Daedric mini bosses and stuff there. Right. So usually there's a decent amount of people that try and go put these things down. Mm -hmm. So there are some key areas that you can go to that where it's basically on a rotation and people just get into oh, these groups dude. and you just run dolmen after dolmen after dolmen. And I'll tell you where those, where those areas are. But if you run into one of these things, try and get in there in, you know, with the group, you don't have to be grouped. Just get a couple hits in Throw a couple heels down. Do something to benefit the group in taking down these these mini bosses. And once it's done, and the dolmen closes up, you take care of that portal. Then they leave a little chest behind. So inside the chest, you can get some pretty decent rewards. You'll get jewelry. You'll get gear. You get sometimes you get junk and stuff that you can deconstruct. But the key is is that you're gonna get gear. And that gear is going to be your level appropriate. And then you can equip it, sell it, deconstruct it, do whatever you need to do. But if you continue to do these things, just a little bit of grinding, you know, every few levels, you're going to have enough gear at your level um, to keep you going through the leveling process. So mm -hmm. the two, I think, Jibs, you were talking about uh, doing a little bit of dolmen grinding yeah. today. Yeah, I went to the Alakir Desert and... Uh, Perfect. I don't know exactly what I was doing. I, I traveled. Uh, it was to I think the south, 
one of the south waypoints down there, and um, right, dude, a flood of people came yep. out of out of that dude and just took off, and I, <laughs> and it was almost one of those things where I was like a mindless follower. I'm like, I don't know what that is, I don't know what they're doing, but I went in. <laughs> the mob mentality. If they, yeah. they would have ran off a cliff, would you have gone? Absolutely, no question. Oh boy. <laughs> so, so they have these certain areas and you ran into one of them in Alakir Desert and then the other one is on the island of Aradon mm-hmm. um, which is the southeast corner of the map uh, scratch that southwest corner of the map um, and both of these areas have I think three dolmens each where people will go to grind there and normally if you're in those areas you'll see in zone chat somebody will say hey type X for, for dolmen yeah for the dolmen group so you just go into zone chat, type X, and you should get an auto invite to the group. And then you just go you go where the group is, and it's like on a constant rotation to where you go to one dolmen, close it, and then everybody mounts up and goes to the to the um, way shrine. You go to the way shrine, right to the to the next dolmen point, take that one down, and it's just a constant. Every time you get to the next one, the next one's up. Yeah, it's a you can level quickly, and your bags will fill up very quickly. So if you're crafting um, and you're deconstructing stuff, which we'll talk about next show, I think we're going to do um, mm-hmm. on crafting. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use all all those materials that you don't need, and you can either sell them or deconstruct them. But there are things in there that you'll that you'll use that will keep your character with gear that is level appropriate. Dude, it it is a it's a really fun experience. Like I. I went into this, and it, that was the most interaction, you know, outside of, like, an alliance war or something, you know, in Cyrodiil. Um, right. That it was the coolest experience ever. There's so many people. And it is a sprint. Like, the moment that you you take care of the dolmen, the chest drops, and everyone's already standing in the spot where the chest drops because they've memorized it by this point. <laughs> and you're spamming E to pick up the chest. You take all, and you just run. You go. You go, 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 go. Go to yeah, the way shrine. It, it's cool. I mean, you, you put is. a couple of uh, experience. You put an experience scroll on. Um, maybe get some uh, some Sigic Ambrosia if you can afford it because it's super expensive. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. you throw some of that stuff on. You get your skill um, skill bonuses, and then off you go. Right. So. Right. Okay. So um, I'll cover. I'm going to cover a couple more of these, and then. Um, and I think we're going to blast off to um, to our next segment. But as a general rule, no matter what stats you're using, mm-hmm. always try and shoot for about 20, 20k once you hit uh, 20k health once you hit level fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for this is because once you start getting into the dungeon content, some of the later dungeon content at at level fifty and above. You're going to run into bosses, especially in veteran dungeons and trials. You're going to run into bosses that will one-shot you if your health is below 20k. So do what you need to do through either glyphs. You can you can put uh, glyphs on some of your some of your gear. You can use food buffs, or if you have a character that uses health, you can just put attribute points into health yeah but shoot for that 20k um at least uh, 20,000 health once you reach about level 50 
because it will really help with your survivability out in the world and especially once you get into uh, into dungeon content and that that's regardless of whether you're a magicka based player a stamina based player or if you're a tank it, you're putting all your all of your attributes into health anyway so you're not gonna, you'll be 20k by the time you're like level 10 right so you don't have to worry about it um, one more thing I want to cover armor armor when you're a new character, it is critical for say you're say you're a caster okay mm-hmm. say you're a caster magic based caster and you want to equip light armor so as you're leveling what you want to do is you want to take like five pieces of light armor because every time you equip three pieces of armor what you're going to do is you're going to unlock the skill line for that particular set of armor correct so in your first few levels, it'd be a, it's a good idea to just start mixing and matching a little bit of armor so you can unlock each um, skill line for those armors. You want to unlock light, you want to unlock medium, and you want to unlock um, heavy. Mm-hmm. Then, once you have those unlocked, you're going to maximize, say you're going light armor, you're going to put five pieces of light armor onto your character, one piece of heavy... And then one piece of medium. Mm-hmm. And what that's going to do is that's going to level up your main armor type first, the most, because you're going to have five of those pieces on your character. But you're also going to level up both the heavy and the medium skill lines as well. So later on, you might want to put, you might want to get a little bit more health on your character. So you're going to put, say, you know, two or three pieces of heavy on. Or say you decide to go from from a healer or magicka based character and you want to respec and put it all into health and you want to go tank mm-hmm. so when you're you know at the higher levels you're not going to have to worry about oh man I never leveled up my, my heavy so you can't take advantage of those um, passives because as you level those up it's going to unlock passives that will make your character much more effective in, those, in each of those skill lines Yeah. so to sum it up if you're a if you're using light armor Take five pieces of light, one piece of heavy, one piece of medium. Put it on your character as you level. If you're medium, five pieces of medium, one piece of heavy, one piece of light. So you're leveling up all of those skill lines as you level. It's going to help you out big time. Agreed. And the cool thing, too, is like, I know I, I know we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, how this game really allows you to be anything. And you may be saying, well, what don't I have to go with certain pieces of armor? I guess at the end of the day, yes, as far as, you know, if you want, like, if you're running a sorcerer and you want Magicka uh, bonuses, you're going to go light armor. But here's here's the cool thing, though. And, and if, if you're, like, freaking out, like, oh, man, you know, I really wanted to do that, rock that whole battle mage look. Well, the cool thing now is with this outfit system is you can totally change your light armor to look like the battle mage. You can wear the heavy looking pieces of armor and still have that vibe. And at the same time, still maintain your stats. And so you're going to really be able to make your character look how you want no matter what. So don't worry about that. Exactly. And um, I mean, I think you nailed it. So it it doesn't matter. A lot of times you'll have an outfit on and then like you'll click the button so your outfit comes off. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea I was wearing that awful looking thing. <laughs> so yeah. the outfit system is actually 
is actually really, really cool. And, you know, we're going to put more stuff out about this to, to try and maximize your character a little bit. If you have questions, shoot them out on our voicemail, and we will we'll help you. We'll do the best we can to get those questions answered. I do want to throw out uh, some of the sources that I use for this because there's some outstanding content um, on YouTube. Um, and the three that I used for this particular segment are Dots Gaming. Thank you so much. Uh, Deltia's Gaming. Super big fan of Deltia. The guy's so knowledgeable about the game. Mm. And then Miss Biz. Um, I reference all three of their videos for um, our videos from all three of those content creators for doing the segment so thank you guys you're creating good stuff out there and you're definitely helping people I dig it agreed in fact I think my sort builds from Deltius so good stuff oh yeah good stuff hey uh Cash is he here standing behind me isn't he he's standing behind you enter my mind vestige and walk with me through the shadows of past events my man <laughs> my man my man. All right, everyone. Well, we're back again with another lore lesson this week on the show. Last week, we covered the Daedric Princes, and we went over how Tamriel really was founded, you know, how it really got its start. And this week, it's a pretty important thing to go over, especially if you're playing an Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> but this week, we're doing the Elder Scrolls and the Tamrielic timeline. Cash, I know you've been uh, studying up on this stuff. And as per usual, I kind of want to keep myself a little unknowledgeable in this area, so that way I can effectively ask questions to you as we go throughout this stuff. Questions that yeah, people I was gonna say, have. You, un- you unknowledgeable? That's that's easy. Dumb, dumb. <laughs> Words are hard. Yeah, so we, um, we kind of hinted at it last week. We wanted to talk a little bit this week about what the Elder Scrolls actually are, mm. and then we're going to finish it up with a little a little bit about the uh, the timeline, so you know where your character sits right in the Elder Scrolls Online, because the timeline is quite huge. Yeah. But we're going to start off with the Elder Scrolls. So what the heck are the Elder Scrolls? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to quote. The uh, a, a member, an Altmer member, by the name of Protector Arfire, or Arfire, however she wants it to be pronounced. Mm. Um, a member, she's a member of the Aldmeri Dominion. She's found in the Temple of Mem. She is a keeper of the Elder Scrolls. And she says, I quote, The scrolls contain records of all past and future events, but they cannot be read without a severe price. Madness, blindness, even death. Many believe they were created by the Adra, but why or when is unknown. So, essentially, the Elder Scrolls are artifacts of historic past and future events. Correct. And the scrolls will often tell of events that require a hero to solve them, i.e. the games. You played through any of the single-player games and you know that you are that hero. Though the scrolls themselves cannot or do not select who the hero is. So, where they come from, nobody knows. How many there are, nobody knows. And they're also known as Adric Adric Prophecies, suggesting that they may have been created by the Adra, but that is a very widely debated topic. Mm. Much much like a lot of the things we're going to cover in lore. (laughs) They're very widely debated, but that's what makes lore lore. Yeah. 
Um, so one of the very important things that, that I kind of refresh my memory as I'm reading about what these Elder Scrolls are is why is the prophet the way the prophet is? Nuts. So, right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> duh. And it, it kind of all brings it back together. Well, that's why the dude was like pretty... Is he still behind me? Is he gone? I, I think he's gone. Okay, I so why is the guy so freaking lame? Right. I mean, I don't mean like lame, lame. I mean, he seriously has some issues. It's because of reading the, the scrolls. So, it's like, dude, it's like meth. <laughs> like, once you start, <laughs> it just jacks you up for life. <laughs> so, anyway, drugs are bad, including skooma. But moon sugar's okay. So, anyway. And sticks. As As he said, the prophet, Baron Aquilario said, the scrolls allowed me to glimpse the very fabric of reality, but each profound insight dimmed my vision and eventually left me permanently blinded to the light of the world. It's like, dude, you knew that. Mm-hmm. So, the Elder Scrolls are said to exceed both Adra and the Daedra, implying that neither group created them. So you see what I mean by widely debated? Right. Like nobody really knows where they came from. Yeah. So until the events described in the scrolls actually become reality, they contain information about the possibility of events happening. So viewing from different people may contain slightly different versions of events that may or may not happen. Right. So then once that prophecy actually happens, the text that, is readable on the parchment becomes fixed and then cannot be altered by any known magic. So it's like permanent ink, not permanent. Actually, it's more like going from a word document to a PDF. It's kind of of how it goes. This reminds me. I I feel like I'm in a, like a episode of the flash where they're talking about the time travel. Like this is totally what I feel like. It's like, you can change stuff. You can change stuff. Oh, it's set in stone. Okay. Oh, and my friend, it's so funny that you mentioned time and changing time because that brings up a very widely debated thing called the dragon break oh the dragon breaks i know this yes the dragon break so a dragon break also known as an untime is i'm gonna blow your freaking minds right here so put on your thinking caps and try and understand what i'm about to say for explosion (laughs) a dragon break is a temp a temporal phenomenon that involves the splitting of natural time which results in branching parallel realities where the same events occur differently or not at all. (laughs) I'm already confused. So (laughs) at the end of said dragon break, the timeline reconnects, making all possibilities and outcomes truth, though contradictory to each other. And the dragon dragon is mentioned in dragon break because it's in reference to Akatosh, who we spoke about last week, is the dragon god of time. And that is where I switched off my freaking brain in doing this research because I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> can, can somebody like explain this to me? I'm done. Like they would explain I'm something done. to a preschooler. Right. Because, Talk to them like I'm five, please. Right. Yeah, because that's what Cash needed at that particular moment. So, <laughs> Okay, so anyway, on reading the scrolls, not just anyone can read from the scrolls. And this also lends us back to the fact that uh, Varen Aquilarios, the prophet, mm-hmm. was a moth priest. He studied with the moth priests. So traditionally, only the cult of the ancestor moth may read from the scrolls. And this will it requires a certain ritual called the ritual of the ancestor moth. 
So the rite is performed by moth priests in order to read an Elder Scroll, and only a very chosen few, the most resilient of the moth priests, are able to read from an Elder Scroll. And it takes them months to prepare just for the reading. So it's a very, very rare chance for a moth priest to even get to perform this ritual. And that's why, I mean, it, it jacks people up, so... Did you actually? Did you get a chance, or did you actually get a chance to look up the ritual? Did you read up on the ritual? I did not. This part, I didn't want to go like super in depth. I did. I don't know why, but I did. I'm like, I want to know this part. So, for them to be able to interpret the Elder Scroll, they have to literally get this certain kind. I think it's called a high ancestor moth, a legit insect, and oh, that's like Sons of the Lambs. So. <laughs> To and you have to attract a, like a certain amount. I don't. I don't know how many. I don't know if it's if it's the more the better. But they have to be in the general vicinity. And these moths are tied to the the energy and kind of like the whole life force kind of thing. It basically allows the moth priest to interpret what he's reading. To get said moths to you, you have to use a special knife and cut a piece of a tree the bark off of a particular tree and in doing so you will attract the moths and that's when the moth priest can actually interpret what he's reading wow that's a lot of work check out the big brain on jibs like well it. that's all i got so everything else is gonna be <laughs> <laughs> <I like it. laughs> okay so on on the actual reading themselves mm-hmm Every subsequent reading strikes the reader with gradual blindness that increases every time they attempt to read the scrolls, but at the same time, they get a broader view of the contents of the scrolls. Mm -hmm. So basically, the more you read, the blinder you get, but the more that you know. Right. And that's why they they begin to call these uh, the readers of the scrolls prophets. So by knowing so much information, readers of the scrolls often become known as prophets. They're blinded. They are removed of their right to read further in the scrolls. So the scroll basically tells you that's enough. You've had enough. You can no longer read anymore. Now you're blind and you're, and you're done. But the knowledge that they have has been known to drive, drive people insane because it's so much to handle of what's happened, what's going, what could potentially happen. I mean, it's, it's kind, of, kind of beautiful, actually. <laughs> No, I honestly I felt like with the Elder Scrolls in general, um, that this is the most prominent part of the Elder Scrolls to me, like visually, because you've dealt with the Moth Priests in Skyrim, you know, even back in Oblivion. It's it's to me when I think of Elder Scrolls, I think of Moth Priests. I think of blind Moth Priests. Like that's the whole part. Now going back to the blindness, did you know the Dwemer, which are the for those who don't know the the dwarves that are long extinct now in Tamriel. Please bring them back some way. Please, please, just for me. Um, they actually had an invention that allowed them to read an Elder Scrolls without going blind. And I forget the machine's name. I looked it up, but that was a thing. It's a lexicon. It's, a le- <laughs> it's called the lexicon. <laughs> this is the prophet speaking. <laughs> Thank you, Fish. <laughs> That's awesome. I You're right. It. Please bring them back somehow, some way, and make me subscribe to you. We will get into the history of the Dwemer. Dude, that is one race. If there was some way, somehow, 
Sorry to break us off here. Some way that there could be anything. This would be the icing on the cake for me. The, the bring the Dweamer to have them reappear somehow. That would just... Yeah, that's not going to happen. So anyway, let's move on to the Elder Scrolls <laughs> timeline a little bit. Um, so I'm going to explain a little bit about how, how the timeline works. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to hit some some of the biggest things that have happened in history. And then, of course, I'm going to let you know where we land, where the, uh, where the Elder Scrolls online actually takes place. Right. So you're not confused. I'm just, I don't want people to be confused about where they are. So consider me like your life coach right now. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so in order to figure out the way the timeline is read, typically the way you'll see it, you'll see it like 1E700. And basically what that means, it starts off with the era number and then the year during that era. Mm -hmm. So for instance, 1E0, that is the first era. I haven't even gotten to a full year yet. The first era begins when King Eplir founds the Cameron, founds the Cameron dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, see some other. Uh, I got a, like a super long timeline here. Oh, um, dude, it's long. Actually, it's on um, this. The timeline, Elder Scrolls timeline, is actually on IGN's website. It's really good. It is good. It's like a full blown timeline of everything that's happened in Elder Scrolls. And uh, if you're if you're interested, in, I'm not going to read off this whole thing because you guys would be writing this hate mail, but. It okay, was so long. <laughs> so long. Okay, so uh, first era, year seven hundred. The the Dwemer supposedly disappeared suddenly around this. I time. feel like, and that's where we can stop because that's the most important part. Please bring them back. Make else. me happy. So, okay, so let's see. Oh, here's a very good one. Uh, second era, the year two thirty. Vanus Galarian forms the Mages Guild. That's pretty important. It's good to know. It's super important. So the Mages Guild is is going good and strong in uh, the second era, year 583. Ding, ding, ding. The events of the Elder Scrolls Online take place. Woo! So that's where we're at, my friends. And that's like where we were talking about how there's only eight divines mm-hmm. as opposed to nine divines. The ninth divine, the very controversial divine, takes place much later. Right. Much later. So right. uh, the events of the Elder Scrolls take place in the second era. Um, okay, second era, year 830, Tiber Septum is born. Woo! Speaking of another divine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's see here. He begins in the year uh, 895 of the second era, Tiber Septum, also known as Talos, may or may not be, begins conquering Tamriel. Mm-hmm. And that's where that ninth divine comes in. Right. Okay, so El, uh, the third era, year 405, the events of Elder Scrolls II Daggerfall take place. Oh. I wonder how many listeners actually played Daggerfall. I did not. I came in on Morrowind. And that was so I have good. It. I've never played it. I have it on, I have the anthology. Oh, do you? Elder Scrolls anthology, yeah. Oh, man. I know. I just like to open that thing up and just smell it. <laughs> I can smell the floppy disks in Windows 98. Just smell it. No. <laughs> did, did I take it a step too far? Made it a little weird? Eh, a little weird. I'll get over it. Okay. <laughs> okay, third era, year 427, the events of Elder Scrolls 3. Mm. I know you played this one. Mm-hmm. Morrowind. Take place. Mm-hmm. Such, yes. So good. 
It's so good. So good. Okay, so what else do we have here? Ah, this, my friend. We had uh, I ruined this for somebody the other night. <laughs> I was in guild chat with some uh, some friends who were playing through Morrowind for the first time. And they're like, oh, man, we totally, you know, we, we saved everything. And that big meteor didn't fall. I was like, okay, first of all, that meteor is called Bardow. And it's being held up, okay, by the power. Anybody? I don't want to spoil this for anybody. You were all jerky okay. about it, too, weren't you? Like, uh, yeah. so, well, hold on a minute. Hold so, on. Lord. Let me expound my knowledge. <laughs> so Lord Vivek, <laughs> the power that Lord Vivek yeah. uh, wields is holding up Bardow. And uh, unfortunately, to much to everybody's dismay, in the fourth era, year five, Bardow, the meteor suspended above Vivek City in Morrowind, falls to the ground, <laughs> destroying the city, <laughs> causing the Red Mountain to erupt, Ravaging the island of Vardenfell. I like that they named it. Like they could have done. In, they could have just. Hey, the meteor. No, they they had to make yep. it personal. Yep, it, it, it gets a Bardow. Okay, so um, let's see here. Keep going down the timeline. We're almost there. Fourth era, year two zero one. The events of Elder Scrolls Skyrim, and all DLC take place. So. That's where the timeline ends, my friends. Until Elder Scrolls Six. Please, 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 please. Sugar on top. Lots of sugar on top. Please (laughs) make it happen. So anyway, my sources, obviously the Elder Scrolls Wiki, and then uh, we talked about IGN.com's timeline. Really good place to go if you are looking for more information on this. It's pretty extensive. So. That is your Elder Scrolls timeline. Next week, we are going to dive into the very races of Tamriel. I'm excited about that one. Um, and I've been holding off on this. I've been going through, because you know I bought the Tales of Tamriel, the books, the the, the lore and the land. The, right. And I've purposely been holding off, so I'm super excited to go over the uh, the races of everything. Yeah. Right. I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, you know what? Speaking of which, it's mail time. The mail's here. Uh, and I, I know we've kind of put this out that you guys can always email us at uh, loreseekerspodcast.com. Uh, there's a uh, little uh, little bit at the bottom. Send your email right there on the page, or you can call us and uh, at uh, 765-382-6961, and we will uh, answer your questions live on the air. And so first, let's do this email. We got an email from White Run sixty six. I like that city. That's such a good city in Skyrim. Uh, it says, uh, "Congrats on your show, guys. Thank you. Uh, seeing the announcement of your podcast on Twitter got me thinking about coming back to Tesso. Why should I choose this one? Ooh, that's broad. We need to bring this down. That's a that's a broad question. Um, it's good. It's really really good." <laughs> It's really, really good. 
Yeah, it really depends on what you're looking for in an MMO. I mean, if you want to be able to have the the freedom to play either solo or play with a group, small groups or large groups, then ESO may be for you. If you like the series, if you've played the single-player games and you're looking for an experience that's very similar with some incredible um, expansion to the to the story, then yes, it was probably for you. If you're looking to have that experience where when you log in, you just point in a direction and start moving your character that way and there's <laughs> ungodly amounts of content in that direction, then ESO is probably for you. And yeah. it's the other thing really too is. is it's just a beautiful game. It for me it's got it, to me it has everything that I've been looking for in an MMO for a long time in a modern sense. Now there's other MMOs out there that are that are good too and you know what we we played extensively, we played World of Warcraft extensively. It is a fantastic game. I would never take anything away from it other than I am a staunch believer that the world or that uh, Elder Scrolls has so much more lore. For one, it's all right there. Um, the storytelling is just better. Um, obviously, there's absolutely no graphical comparison between one and the other. You know, Elder Scrolls is much, much more modernized um, in the way that it presents itself. But uh, this game just has everything that that I've been looking for in an MMO, and, it, and it's solid. It has a very solid player base, constant content coming out. So to me, it's it's a no brainer. Yeah, I agree. It, it's one of those games, and you know, White Run. I definitely recommend you listen to the first episode where we kind of talk about why we came back to casting and why we we chose to do a show on the Elder Scrolls Online. And for me, it it, it comes down to the world truly feels alive. Anytime you go into a city, now mind you, if it's some city off the beaten path, there's still going to be people there, but may not be as many. But if you go to like Glen Umbra, if you go to, um, shoot, even just the Way Shrine at, you know, that's closest to the Dark Brotherhood on Gold Coast, I mean, there are people everywhere. The cities are teeming with people. And so you combine that seeing people doing their thing, whatever it is they're doing. Maybe they're reading, they're, they're going through a, a book, they're maybe going through a chest on the ground, they may be talking to merchants. So on top of all this stuff that's happening, and they may be crafting too, you can watch them, you know, uh, craft. It it's So on top of all that, you've got these NPCs that are walking around, you've got, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, uh, the people who yell out the news, you know, hear you, hear you kind of thing. That's going on. The it's, village idiot? Yeah, the village idiot. We'll take it. Got those two. <laughs> it's so good. It's just, it feels alive. And that's, to me, you know, you play other MMOs and you go to places where it should be just populated with people and it's not. And it feels dead. Where this game, it feels alive. It feels like it's just so full of people. And I think a lot has a lot of it has to do with the way they have their server structure. You know, there's two servers u.s and what's, what's the name of the other one? european yeah so i mean there's never a queue it's a great great time in this game so that's what i would say um and uh what we got here uh voicemail this comes to us from sunny ravencourt let's take a listen hello 
My name is Sonny, and I wanted to congratulate you guys on the new podcast. I'm looking forward to it greatly. I wanted to uh, ask you a question about what you think of the very unique buying and selling system that Elder Scrolls Online has. It's There's no centralized auction, and it makes it very, very difficult for a lone wolf player like myself to uh, to conduct their trading, especially if that's kind of what they like to do. You're you're very guild dependent on this, and a lot of guilds charge a fee to be a part of the guild so that they can pay to put a trader in the various locations that that stuff actually takes place. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on what you think of that very very unique system. Cash, you and I both are a part of a trading guild, and I think this kind of goes along with. What Sonny was, uh, what Sonny was asking. Yes, uh, I, I, I think so. So, um, first of all, thank you, Sonny. We uh, very much appreciate the voicemail, and I get what you're saying. Um, the game does have a very unique system for trading. Uh, there is yeah. no, there's no traditional auction house in this game where any everybody can just go to these centralized traders and there's wares for sale from everybody. Right. Um, the way it works in this game is it's guild dependent, and the guilds have to pay for um, basically vendors that are in certain locations within the game. So if you, you know your guild vendor may be located on Glenumber somewhere, where another guild's vendor is going to be located, um, you know, in some small town in Grotwood. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But the way this ha- the way this works is like if you're within one of those trade guilds or, or a guild that has a trader, then you put stuff for sale on that particular vendor. It's not game wide for everybody to get to unless they travel to that trader. Right. So it does make things you know kind of segregated a little bit. It really does spread out the the economy a little bit. And for for newer traders trying to get into it, it can be difficult to do because. A lot of the larger trading guilds, there are definitely trading guilds out there, but a lot of guilds that do nothing but trading, they require you to sell a certain amount per week, um, and they require you to pay basically like a tariff to, that means taxes, to the (laughs) guild to help keep the guild going strong. So those are going to be some of your top tier trading guilds, and... I'm not a huge fan of the way that it works. I like the traditional auction house, but it does work. And there are trading guilds out there that are that are free. I mean, basically, you you become part of these uh, part of this trading guild, and you don't have to pay anything. They just require that you're selling something yeah. on their guild store. And a good example of the one that we're a part of is called Sneaky Bo, and I have no idea what that means to be honest with you, <laughs> but it's a freaking hilarious name. And uh, <laughs> some of the folks uh, at Meridia's, uh, Meridia's Order of Guards, our, our normal guild, got us interested in being part of uh, Sneaky Bo, and that's the <laughs> trading guild that we're part of. And they're great. I mean, they have events all the time. They do raffles and trivia and all kinds of stuff. So. Um, I think the community side of some of these trading guilds really does help soften the blow a little bit of how different the trading system is. So what I would say, Sonny, is get into the game. Give it a solid shot. 
and um, you kind of get yourself into the into one of these free trading guilds and just play around with the system a little bit. I never have any problem selling anything on them, and you can make money. You can seriously make some good money. It just takes a little bit of time to get to get established. So, you know. It takes money to make money a little bit, so. And you can join guilds too, and uh, multiple guilds too. Yeah, you can join guilds. Yes, we know it's an MMO. Uh, <laughs> you can <laughs> you can join multiple guilds, and so I would even encourage you to join multiple trading guilds, just so you can see various market prices that they may be setting in their guild. You know, you could buy something on one and sell it another place. I mean, it, it's really cool because, like you said, it it totally. Um, it totally uh, spreads out the economy. It really does. And I initially, when I first started playing this game, because it was so different, that used to be a hindrance for me. Because I'm I'm just like Sunny. I really do like working the auction house. But you know, when I when I came to this game, like wow, that's different. I don't know if I can get into that. But once you get in a good trading guild, and you really start looking at the market, and you can still work the market from within the trading guild. I'm doing it right now. It's fun it's good and you don't think anything of it i honestly don't really think ever of a centralized auction house until you brought it up tonight it was the first time since playing like you just it, i don't even consider it anymore it's not yeah. even once, part of the thought once you process. get used to it you know once you're used to just the different way that they do it it's it's not bad at all right agreed all right well guys thank you so much for your questions and as always you can email us at uh, you just go to lorecreetspodcast.com down at the bottom just fill out the little sheet there or you can call us uh, leave us a voicemail like Sunny did at 765-382-6961 well that was episode 2 of the lore seekers podcast we hope you guys enjoyed yourself and as always if you enjoyed this show here's what we ask of you head on over to iTunes give us a review Tell us whether you like us, you hate us. Every five-star review, we give you a shout-out on the show. And you guys knocked it out of the park after the first episode, and we've got some shout-outs to do. This one comes from Sonny, we just heard from. says, uh, quality cast by quality dudes. If you're a fan of knowing why this god wants you to kill ten rats, you'll love this. <laughs> Great sound and fun atmosphere. That's hilarious. I love it. Uh, this from FFPM Mark. Uh, great podcast with great hosts who jive well together covers the lore and the lore excuse me the lore of Elder Scrolls Online and then some it's very nice welcome to the ESO podcast community thanks man appreciate it and last one Sayrat Kendov now before I read this you did good on that name I'm super proud of you do you know what that name means no but I think you pronounced it right thank you very much that is I looked up his name. I'm like, this is uh, this is a little different. I wonder if that means something. Turns out it does. It's uh, dragon language or dragon speak, whatever the actual term is in Elder Scrolls for mighty warrior. Oh, so, dude, that's cryptic. That's awesome, right? Pretty, yeah. Uh, anyway, good good name, brother. Uh, so anyway, he says really enjoyed the show. Uh, I love listening and learning about Elder Scrolls lore and all the happenings in ESO. Keep it up. Maybe I'll run to you guys in-game. Man, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to meet listeners in-game. That's awesome. I got a quick shout-out for uh, for the second uh, second one we got from FFPM Mark. I actually touched bases with him because the FFPM, I 
may or may not work in public safety and know what that means, but um, Mark is a firefighter paramedic very close to where I live and just wanted to give him a shout out. Thanks for listening to the show and um, stay safe, my brother. Absolutely. All right. Well, you can always call us, leave us a voicemail again at 765-382-6961 we get enough of them we'll play them on the show we'll do the mailbag segment just for you guys you can email us lorsecretspodcast at gmail.com or you can just go to lorsecretspodcast.com and fill out the sheet at the bottom of the page homepage um cash we're a part of a guild I'm part two you're part of three yes we are uh, a couple shout outs for our guilds we are part of the meridia's order of guards that is a guild from mognation.com mognation is an adult guild for parents and working professionals we are very mature and drama controlled you can apply for membership at mog-nation.com i'm also part of an rb rp guild called the divine conclave outstanding rp guild you can find them at socan.engine.com that's s-o-k-a-n.engine.com and then we mentioned our trade guild sneaky bo <laughs> dude you can't not smile when you say i know that it's hilarious i still i gotta ask the guild leader what that actually means or maybe it's just oh. a mystery but it's pretty funny we really need to know yeah absolutely well you can follow us on twitter myself at jibs irl cash at mog cash and most importantly the podcast lore seekers cast we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and uh you know what we'll be back next week with more lore and all kinds of other goodies stay safe san diego dilly dilly <laughs>